I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts. And this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast Christmas special. Christmas special. Woo! In this podcast, we speak with producers, DJs, and today for our Christmas special, bona fide pop stars about their fantasy forever studio. However, there are strict laws in Fantasy Foreverland, and it is a studio our guests will have to live with forever. That's right. Our guests can select a computer, a DAW, an audio interface. Then they can only choose six other bits of studio kit, plus one luxury item. But Chris, what if they want a selection of, say, plugins combined into a single package? Actually, Will, as it's the Christmas special, I've managed to get a very special guest to record as a no bundles alert. Do you want to hear it? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. No bundles. Is that? It's uh, Christmas, Christmas Yorkshire Gandalf. <laughs> no, it's Santa. Oh, Santa. We've got Santa to record our alert. Uh, so very special. Very, very, very special. special. This time we're joined by certified pop star and household name, Gary Barlow and his trusted studio engineer, Ryan Carline. Gary's fifth studio album, Music Played by Humans, has recently been released, and you'd have had to be living under a rock for the past 25 years not to have heard any of the multitude of hits that Gary has created. Meanwhile, Ryan has been Gary's technical co-pilot since 2008, though they've been working together for nearly 20 years. Based out of True North Studios, he's worked alongside international acts such as Donny Osman, Delta Goodrum, and of course, Take That. I can't wait to hear the picks for this imaginary recording space. This is My Forever Studio Christmas Special with Gary Barlow and Ryan Carline. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Thanks for joining us. So... Thank you. Can I just have a co- point a couple of things out here? Will, you sound like you're coming through my H3000 with uh, about four cents either way. It's very chorusy, but but, but I, th- I, think, I thought you were trying to test us by doing that. I <laughs> thought you were going to say, what effects unit have I got on my vocal chain here? And that's what we were going to have to guess. You have passed the test. <laughs> um, I think I just had, uh, I might have had a monitoring part still going. So um, is that any there better you for you, Gary? That's yep. much better. There he is. Beautiful. He's much better. He's bypassed the H3000 now. That's much better. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> We're talking about Forever Dream Studios here. And um, I mean, first off, before we get into it, let's just talk about you know, music played by humans, because, you know, it seems like you've, you've definitely done that on purpose. Um, are you getting tired, tired of the, the computer based world? Do you know what? Not at all. Um, and in fact, the computer based worlds played a massive part in this because... One of the issues that we had, um, we we did a few initial recordings and it's been a real journey of exploration this has. When we did our initial recordings, we, you know, we'd, I'd never really put on record ever in the past big groups of players playing together. So that, that was the initial core idea. Let's get these massive sections together and let's record it and see what happens. Now, this is all original material, so we're not doing cover versions. Um, so we we recorded these big sessions, and we it was extremely exciting, you know, in the room. And you get them back to the studio, and you realise suddenly we could have we could have done these recordings in 1950. And so, what what makes <laughs> why why are we doing these recordings, and how do we make them work in today's world of 
You know, I mean, it's so heavily computer-based music nowadays. So, so do do we just accept yeah. that we're going to sound dated, or do we try and push forward? And and so then then this journey started of deconstructing these recordings. So so now the computer is incredibly important. And so what happened was we we ended up the the route to 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 our personal success um, in this project was yes, getting the performances. Definitely, that was paramount. But then deconstructing what the shape of those orchestras are and quite often what led us to being putting it into 2020 was getting rid of the rhythm sections or putting them on a grid so we could add samples to them mm. um, so Ryan could re- really get the bass level. Um, it, it was an organisational process uh, and involved a few other people. We got some drum programmers in. We had James Wilshire from F9 who did some drum programming for us. The, the, that's it. Yeah, I mean, he real, really understands um, dance music. And the thing is, with a lot of this music we were recording, sorry, this is the longest answer to a very short question, but I need to just explain myself. So, you know, with, with a lot of the swing music we put on this record, that was the first time people danced to music that was so it was really interesting for james as well to go right let's get to the heart of this and let's choose the samples carefully and let's let's choose the quantize carefully and so to to now answer what you originally asked the computer was really important to 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 the creation of these songs so the album could be called Music played by humans, finished on a computer, in brackets. By humans. <laughs> by humans again, yeah, fine, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's get let's yeah. dig deep into the My Forever Studio podcast. So the first thing we ask uh, is where would you have this studio, both of you? Like, you know, do you both like the same type of environment, studio environments? Because studios, I mean, yours is very light and bright there, Gary, but there's Ryan's looks like a little bit of a dungeon. In a nice way. <laughs> oh, we, well, we both, yeah, we both love um, being out in LA in the sunshine, in particular um, Santa Monica and Malibu. So something out there with yeah, the opposite of what I've got right now, because the doors are closed, actually. Um, loads of light, big airy space. So you're the you're the third you're the third guests to pick this location, oh, right. uh, almost in a row. Um, people basically keep. Um, keep trying to kick rick rubin out of his studio up there shangri-la yeah we've been there it's so nice so is it is this another podcast where rick rubin's going to get evicted is that is that the your dream dream location and space well look if we could recap rebuild um real world the big room at real world but out there in in malibu that would be the dream big open space what we've got real world's got the lake we've got the kind of the night but we'd have the ocean view i think we guys i think so i think so you know it's funny how um I think we can all appreciate. I, I, I was in the other day. I'm not going to mention it because it's a bit of a diss. This is, but I was in a studio the other day, and um, I was doing some filming, and and the crew said, "Wow, God, it's it's a funny play." I said, "No, th- this is how studios used to be. Th- this is like a 70s, 80s studio. Just darkness everywhere. A- a- you know, no windows." everything dark blue or grey. I was like, this is how studios mm. use... This is why studios are going out of business. It's because no one wants these rooms anymore. Um, and we, we've all had a slice, especially in the last year, 
of being at home and f- yeah. and feeling like you're not going into an alien environment when you go into a studio. It shouldn't feel like that. It should feel so. So when Ryan talks about the light, you know, the one the one thing we've done, and I think it's possibly because of me, um, is that, you know, Ryan can record on an aeroplane. He he works wherever he is. However, as a songwriter, as a, someone who has to come up with the core of what we're starting, you know, a project we're starting or a reason to do something, I need to be inspired. And, and I always find, I don't know why this is, but we land in LA and we hit the ground and we do, we do in 10 days what we could do in three months. We just find this energy that comes from that city and it's pro- possibly the light, it's wow. possibly the other mm. people who are there. There's a lot of like-minded people like us who we bump into in restaurants. It's a real music community. Getting the sort of the boring bits of gear out of the way, the yeah. free the free bits. And um, what about what's your DAW preference? You can only have one. What what are you a Pro Tools guys or Logic Ableton? Well, we're going to need to fight over this now, aren't we? Because <laughs> yeah. this is what we want. I, mean, I started in Logic. Gary's fully Logic, and now I'm. I spend a lot of my time, most of my time, probably in Pro Tools. But if I could only pick one, it probably would be Logic now. There's a few reasons behind that. Go on, what are those reasons? I mean, well, a um, Gary does all of his writing in Logic, so uh, there's, there's that thing, and also it's it's come so far now. Like I used to use Logic back in the TDM days, you know, where we had the TDM cards and we had Audio Suite plugins in Logic, like like what Pro Tools has got. But now we've got that feature even in Logic with the selection-based processing. So I think it's just. It, it can do everything. It's got all of the great instruments it comes with, great suite of um, effects. It's got the flex time. Yeah, I think if I could only pick one, it would be Logic, actually. That's cool. Gary, you win there, then. You win. No fighting needed. Yeah, yeah good. Um, and o- audio interface as well, then, for this setup. What's the forever audio interface? Should we go Apollo, guys? Well, yeah, I think we've got to... I think we've got to uh, because all my studios have... I mean, it's the one thing that's the same in each one. So I basically take a laptop between my studios. So, and my four SSD cards, all four terabytes each. I've got a massive sample library. Um, but the 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 Apollo is becoming really important. Um, not just the plugins, although we do use a lot of um, UAD plugins, but just as an environment, you know trusted you know you can plug a mic in you don't have to do too much messing around you've got a great sound yeah i mean don't forget obviously with the uh, no bundles rule you don't get all the plugins uh, you only get the ones that come with the apollo so like you know you don't get the whole suite you'd have to get those plugins individually as part of your other six items which we're going to get to now yeah we haven't yet spoken about the computer are you going i presume you're going mac if you, or you've got to go mac if yeah. you're going logic but um yeah. So it's 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 a Mac and not a PC. I mean, it's quite rare we have a PC, but we do occasionally. It's mo- movie people, isn't it, who have the PCs? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so item number one, we, we're going to count down the six. So item number one, tell us what your first choice is for the studio. I guess you're going to need some headphones or some speakers, maybe. Yeah, we, we've got the Focal SM9s in, in every room, so probably goes for those because we're so used to them. And they're, they're the ones where you can switch off side of them yeah you can there's a focus mode um so you can turn them into like basically ns10s if you want to shall we do the ns10 chat love or hate the ns10s both of you we actually don't use ns10s we yeah we've just got so used to doing everything on these um and i've got pro at home the studio 100s which i love 
And when it comes to checking on other speakers, um, I've got the Oratones yeah. here, but I've also got this nice bit of software that I use called um, Audrio, which um, it lets you stream to your iOS device so you can use your phone or iPad or laptop as a speaker. Very important as well now, I guess, yeah, yeah. to check in all of those. It's really handy. That's interesting. Like we found on the podcast... Um, the NS10s have finally fallen out of favour. Like people have finally stopped mm. feeling like they need them in every studio, and even even mm. pro studios. I mean, do you find you go in there now and you, you, they finally don't have a set of NS10s? Yeah, we we don't see them as often, but mm. if they are there, I will use yeah. them. But it's yeah, it's definitely not a preference for me. I think I think the thing the thing with any of these um, things, whenever whenever we listen, all just so you know, the, this chat we're having today. Is that wherever we're in the studio, or we go out for like Christmas lunch we had yesterday. It was just like this is all we ever talk about stuff like this. <laughs> um, so this is, but Perfect. but when you're talking about things like speakers, that you have to go back a step and go, you know, ninety percent of our times in studios were not mixing. What we're doing is we're creating energy we're getting performances we're trying to find inspiration to finish songs or write songs and to me you want a really flattering pair of speakers you want speakers that are going to make you excited about what you're doing now the point where you start getting to bit the bit where you where you're going to put it out to the world yeah. then you've got to have all these gadgets whether they're phones or they you're checking them on the car stereo that then start getting serious and scientific about about it but for that other 90 percent of the time put up something just fill the room with amazing speakers that's gonna get you to where you want to get to so i guess as you've only got well you mean you could have more sets of speakers as your other items but as you're choosing the focals you kind of get a bit of both from them then well there's one other thing with those focals if you ever had an intruder in the studio you could throw one of these things at it and the intruder would be eliminated from any form of burglary because <laughs> they, are. they are the heaviest things I've ever experienced. Ridiculous. Is this part of your exercise regimen yeah. then, Gary? It should be. It should yeah. be. I promise you, it's a two-man yeah. job. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be good on World's Strongest Man, wouldn't it? Instead of those big boulders, they just have different <laughs> studio monitors yeah. just because he's really ripped yeah. engineers. And just a huge Icelandic man carrying a soffit-mounted Genelec or yeah. something. <laughs> So we've got the speakers now. Mm. Um, so item number two, um, and, and I'm guessing this is a this is like you said, this is a studio for inspiration for writing. What's what's going to be studio item number two? Well, listen, we have to have a keyboard. We both play, um, so we, we've got to get information into our logic. Um, so I've got to go with my original, which is sat here behind me. My original. Uh, from 1985 <laughs> DX7. Going for the DX7. That is a yeah. Oof. Wow. Okay. There she is. And did you buy? You bought that in 1987. Uh, 80 was it not 85? I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I tell you, I got it from Dawson's Music in Warrington. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I paid um, over eight over 18 months. I mean, God, it's just crazy. I paid so much a week for 18 months. And yeah. then after the 18 months, I was waiting on the wall for this van to turn the corner. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when it finally got there. And then you didn't see me for about three years. A little DX7 story. Um, so I could program a DX7 back in the day. And then, of course, I went off into the world and 
joined a group, and then I did. I, I you know, barely saw my DX7 t- till about two years ago. But on our first album, we worked with a guy called Pete Hammond. Right now, Pete Hammond was part of PWL. So, like, all those records you, you heard, you know, Kylie Minogue, uh, Mel and Kim, uh, Donna Sommer, it, it, Rick Astley, yep. yeah, yeah. And Pete uh, was, the, was the engineer and programmer on all those records. And when I got to the studio, he had a DX7. And he, all he ever used to do was go up to the DX7 and he'd press initialize. And I was like, oh, What's this guy doing? And he would program. Every time he did a new song, it would be programmed from zero. And, and I got, they're over there, I, I, every night just before I left, I got, I got my, my RAM uh, card yes. out. Save. And I've, I've got yeah. a lovely little cartridge full of Pete's uh, sounds. And it's funny. It's funny because a few years ago we did a uh, um, a, a soundtrack for a movie called Eddie the Eagle, and we all decided yeah. let's set it in let's set it in the time it was in, and I think it was eighty six. Uh, I, I might be wrong there, um, but we were using all these sounds then, and I used a lot from from this Ram cartridge uh, from, that I got from Pete. Uh, so that's a little DX seven story for you there. And uh, have you used the um, the software versions like you know FMA and and Dext or, or those kind of things as well? I mean, because you can transfer the sounds like via Sysx into software as well, can't you? Yeah, I've done that. It's not that portable, the DX7, is it? Compared to and I know, I know. And you know what? It's funny because I, I've recently been doing a, a a new TV show that's set in '85. Uh, and they're getting another run out. All these samples and these these keyboards. I actually prefer to play the uh, the DX7 has a great keyboard, one of the best keyboards for for a synth to actually play. Uh, so I'd actually prefer Incredible. to play it and time it once I've played it, uh, rather than just input it into into the into Logic, you know. Well, so far, a very heavy studio with the Focals and the DX7, so we're going we're gonna to have to hire a lorry to start building this stuff, but that's all good. So, item number three, what's next? Are you going to drop this, Rhino? We're going to light the room up with this one. <laughs> with so many things, uh, well, we'd need a real piano as well, um, but we could come back to that. Uh, microphone, we need a mic desperately, don't we? We do, we do. Tell us about your journey through through microphones. I mean, Gary, do you have a go-to? Ryan, do you, you know, have you tried different on Gary's voice? How's, how's this worked out? Yeah, we've got a nice selection and we kind of alternate. Um, like Gary upstairs now has got um, Sawyer's, um, which is nice. But downstairs I've got the original U47 and 67 we bought from Townhouse when it closed down, I think in 2008. It's a classic choice. Uh, and that's the favourite at the moment for me is the 67. And it's sometimes let the song decide too, you know, to, yeah. to try and, um, to try, you know, like I said before, you've got to step back a little bit and go, you know, yeah, that mic sounds good, but is it right for this, for this song? And th- th- this, this is part of the, you know, when you're talking about 
acoustic guitars or synthesizers. It's like there's a stage before all this. It's like, what's the song? What What's the song asking for? You know, is it asking for a harsher vocal sound? Is it mm. asking for a bright vocal sound? It's It has to go back to that each time. So the conversation almost starts before we start talking about numbers and microphones. Um, but but they're, they're definitely our our go go to mics. Were there any songs on the album where you've 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 recorded the vocal and then switched the mic and re-recorded because of that, for that reason, or did you or are you always set? Do you you know the decision before you do the final vocal takes? Yeah, I'm sure we did on at least one song. We ended up um, recutting a vocal, um, but I think generally it's once we've got the performance. I think that outweighs the sonic differences with the mic we just it's all about the performance but i i think we did recut on the 67 but it was probably more to do with um right. the performance or some lyric changes and yeah i ended up sticking with the 67 yeah yeah it's all about like you say the, the song and getting the, the performance really um if you've got a good sounding mic uh I, I go with the 67 so one little conversation you guys should be aware of is is that um because because Ryan gets all my efforts and it goes through him, um, he's, he's over the years talked me out of singing into my SM58 because how many, come on, how many times have we, we used those takes? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's shocking, yeah, yeah. Because we just couldn't match it because as, you, as you're writing these songs, you're in a moment and, you're, you know, especially mm. that first hour when you've given birth to something and you, you're in it, you, you know, it, it, it might be just a feel thing, but it's hard to replicate that three months later when you've worked on the track. And so yeah. I do, I, I have mics, decent mics set up now yeah. um, that just give people like Ryan a bit more chance when it comes to the mix because we love a, a 58, but at the end of the day, it, you know, it's a, it's quite a coarse microphone, and you 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 know you're trying to put body into your voice, and you don't you don't want to over process it, and so you get more of a chance when you're singing into you know two beautiful mics, you know. But that's a great example, like you just said. But mm. even so, if the performance is right, you'll 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 make that fifty eight work in the mix because the performance is there. Yeah, we're going for the sixty seven then. Yeah, at the sixty seven. Okay, it's locked. It's locked. <laughs> it's locked. Will Will has noted it down. It's locked in the Forever Studios. If you're into music production, you should also check out musictech.net. There you'll find impartial gear reviews, the latest product news, and tutorials for honing your craft, plus producer interviews and under-the-hood track breakdowns. And for those of you wanting to master your recording software, head to the Music Tech YouTube channel, where we have free courses in Logic and Ableton Live delivered by our expert trainers, with more DAWs coming soon. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. So what, where are we up to now? Item number five? Item number four. We've only had three, yeah. Oh, number four. Number four. Number four, okay. yeah. So what have we had so far? D- DX7... U67. Vocals. A lot of sevens. Yeah, yeah. SM7. No, no, it's nine, isn't it? <laughs> SM9. Well, we need a mic pre as well, don't we? Or should, no, let's just let's save one of our choices and just use the Apollo pre's. Yeah. That's it. That's a good idea. Right, you go the next one. No, you don't fancy a big desk? Desk. I would, mm, yeah, I would probably go for um, something like an S6, actually, which I believe works with Logic as well, because it's Yukon. Just because I like the... Um, aspect the muscle memory because we used to have uh an ssl 
and I'd just have tape on there all the time showing me where things are. And I'd just get used to where things are and you can just grab faders. I do love that. We're not wasting one of these choices on a controller, are we? Well, please tell me we're not doing that. <laughs> Here it comes. Now, how many choices have we got left? How many have we used? Four. When I'm listening, will it sound better because we've used a controller? No, <laughs> it won't. Okay, let's uh, let's go for something else. We've got what two more choices, will right? We've got, we've got three more. If we get rid of the Avid S six, if we get rid of the S six, we can. Surely we've got to we've got to land this bomb, Rhino. Surely we've got to la- land this bomb on go these on guys because I can't wait to, to to yeah. I think you should. Or should we leave it to last? Uh, yeah, depends which okay. bomb you're talking okay. about. We'll do the mic drop okay. last. We'll do the mic drops like the one beginning with T that okay, we use on yeah, our speakers. Yeah. yeah, we need that. We'll yeah. drop that bomb last. I think. Okay, well, we've got two more left, right? No, three more. Three more if you don't have the controller. Oh, we've got three more. Okay, okay. How about the um, the retro 176? We, we've always Ooh. had 1176s. Yeah. And I, I'm really loving this uh, retro 176. It's just you don't get all the crackly pots. Um, it's, it's new, but it sounds as good as an 1176. It's got the side chain. It's a nice Swiss mm-hmm. Army knife compressor. It's good. Yeah, because we can track through it, and then we can bump stuff out through it as well so it's a like ryan says it's a good good army knife that is for just like giving stuff a bit of character or even just taming them a little bit so you'd, you'd put you'd put the you um you put that through the vocal mic as well potentially just oh, definitely touch. yeah yeah i mean we we have the we've had the 1176 mm, a lot right we well. have indeed um but you're doing it on the way in and you're using it as an insert as well then, are you, when you're processing on? I think we could do. Mm. I think we could do that, that. I mean, you know, we we, we spend uh, a lot of time bount, bouncing stuff out through uh, an- analog. We've got a nice collection over the years of, you can probably see some of it just to uh, over Ryan's right shoulder there. We've got some really nice bits of analog. Um, and especially for the sort of album we've just been making, uh, to to warm it up um, and and give it give it character, especially those big spaces, you know, mm. and you're recording 30, 40 people at a time. It's like it can get out of control that sound can, and it's really really good to give it some character and and give it some warmth. Yeah, quite often is is those people were recorded in LA in a big in a big room in LA, or were they recorded all different places? Yeah, in London. In London, we used okay. uh, well. We used a few different places. We used we used air. We used um, uh, air for strings, and we used British Grove for strings, and sometimes nice. brass. But we always loved Angel for brass, and that's closed. Um, that church room was our favourite room for brass because you could put a drummer in there as well, and you could separate the bass and the piano. It was a really really vibey room for brass. No Abbey Road? No, we haven't, have we? Not this time. Not this time, but we, we do use it a lot. Uh, we love Abbey Road. So, item number five. We've got a laptop, right? We've, yeah, we you've got that? your Mac. Got, yeah, got a Mac. Well, so, do you want to just tell us a bit more about what, what that ideal computer is for you then? Are you going for, like, one of the big Mac Pros? Are you going for a laptop? Are you going for, like, a little Mac Mini? Or what, what's ideal for you guys? My choice would be the Mac Pro. I'd I'd go all the way with the one and a half terabytes of RAM, um, loads of SSDs because it's we do a lot of um, uh, orchestral mocking up as well, um, and we've got VE Pro, so 
we'd just be able to run it all on the same Mac if we had the Mac Pro. But then Gary would lose his portability. Yeah, there is that as well, yeah. Because <laughs> you like to travel around with the laptop and work that way, Gary, right? Yeah, but if we've got these SM9s with us, <laughs> then we've lost our portability from the word go, haven't we? So... <laughs> that's true. I suppose it is a forever <laughs> yeah. studio, so yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Y- forever, yeah, let's go with the Mac Pro. So we're four down. We've got two options, two selections well, left. I, I, I would say a preamp. I would say one. I, I, I would say... Um, you know, if you're going to have a mic and you're going to have a compressor, then you you'd you'd have an Eve, you'd have a 1073, or you know, it's just again, it's it's just every studio's got one, and there's a reason for that. It, yeah, it's just like picking microphones is one thing, but I mean, I'd often say, okay, U67, but what's the preamp? Yeah, because that's going to change it. So. Um, and we're talking about absolutely tiny percentages here now um, of of what what makes things sound different. But when you when you over the course of making a record, if you're doing those tiny percentages of every decision you make, they're all adding up to something which is much more important. Do so you think it's worth losing an item not to use the UA preamps? I don't know. It depends if um, software comes out of those choices it does well you get the built-in software when you buy the ua like whatever comes out of the box you get but you get quite a lot with that though don't you i mean the the ua the ua bundle well bundle bundle <laughs> ho, ho, ho. merry christmas no oh, not, bundles. oh. Oh, oh allowed them. <laughs> no they're allowed they're allowed this one they're okay, allowed this okay. one because it comes it comes with it well that's quite a lot that's quite a lot that is um Go on, Ryan, what's your suggestion then? Because we know what the last one is, so what would your fifth one be? Are we going software then? You can have whatever you want. Let's do something software. Let's do something software. I think I'd have to go with something really boring but important um, and choose uh, Isotope RX, just because there's nothing else that can do that. Ooh, and that's true. Yeah. That's a good one. As somebody recording podcasts during a pandemic, I can agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's one thing being able to beautifully record, but then if you've got a, a great performance and there's something wrong with it, you need to be mm. able to fix it. Um, yeah, RX is the way to go. So did that come in handy on the on the SM58 takes, for instance? Well, yeah, it comes in handy with everything. You know, if somebody accidentally kicks a mic stand and or there's like piano uh, pedal noises to reduce and things like that uh, guitar squeaks it's it's invaluable yeah it's a bit voodoo isn't it like every time they bring a new version out and i go and see the demo uh yeah kind of like how do you keep improving this like how how do you keep coming up with new ideas for it it seems like it's getting to be it to be like audio magic right now <laughs> some of the stuff it it's can do. so amazing yeah. yeah and things like the deep lead as well to get reduced spill yeah. and all that it's just magic yeah yeah can you think of an example of something horrible which has kind of come right? Yeah, well, when we do live shows, um, I've had situations where I've had to draw out with a pencil um, a certain whistle. Somebody oh, will be yeah. whistling in the audience uh, and they're just a bit too close to uh, one of the, the audience mics. So, that, And you could actually see the whistle um, in the spectrogram. And you could actually draw it out with the pencil. So that's, yeah, that's the trickiest thing I've ever had to deal with because there was so many of them. There was this one guy probably just doing this really loud whistle. It's probably now somebody listening to this podcast, one of Gary's biggest fans <laughs> listening to this yeah. thing. I love him. I'd have left him in. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> saying that was my whistle. Yeah, Gary started using RX as well, even. So it's so handy. Um, I'll tell uh, just just for all your listeners, um, if any of them have Altiverb and they go in and find Wembley Stadium or the Natural History Museum, it was Ryan that made those um, impulses. Just so you know, awesome. <laughs> that's a great piece of software nice. as well. Yeah, um, I didn't know there was a Natural History Museum one as well. That's very cool. Oh, he's only just made that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is that oh. is that out then now? No, I sent it over to them. I've actually given it to the guys um, at AudioEase, um, and I've even given some pictures as well. Okay. Uh, so it may be in a future release, yeah. So, is this mic drop time? Mic drop, item number six. Take it away, Ryan, because you know more about this than me. It's kind of new on as this is, but this is this is a game changer. Yeah, we've just uh, we've just gone for the Trinov ST2, I think it's called, the ST2 Pro. Uh, we've used Sonoworks for years just because we move around studios a lot and you often don't have the time to acclimatise to the room, get used to the sound of the room and the speakers. So I would take a round of mic with me, and with Sonoworks, you need to take about 30 or 40 measurements. And with the Trinov, you've just got this one mic, a 3D mic. You just stick it there, and it takes about two minutes, and you're done. So some more audio voodoo. So this is this is a good selection. We've got DX7 to really cutting edge RX and yeah room calibration. That's it. So we've got one in each room now. Actually, they're really really good. Yeah. So this is the microphone that looks a little bit like a Kohlrabi. It's got like three things that sits up on top of it, and then yeah, yeah that's okay. it. Yeah, three prongs. Yeah, three prongs. And so you're taking this all over the place. Where does it just like live in a suitcase? Because it's quite a big rack mount thing. The actual processor. How did how the hell does that? go with you anyway it's it's a 2u rack um you could take it around in a flight case but we've got one in each room we tend to just leave them in the studio but if we were going somewhere for any length of time we'd take it with us probably otherwise i might make do with sonoworks for a quick visit to another studio um but uh it just sounds great and how did you come across it then where did you, where were you introduced to this thing? Um, we just thought i've always wanted to try one hear what the difference is because with sonoworks i um I'll work in zero latency mode a lot of the time because I do a lot of playing. And uh, and then when I'm mixing, you can have like a mixed mode or a linear phase mode. Hmm. Whereas with the Trinov, you can you can uh, actually get the latency down low enough. You stick it at 96K. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like Sonoworks, or better than Sonoworks, when it's set to linear phase mode, except you've, you've got the best of all worlds. It's low latency as well, which is really important for us, being able to just play stuff in without having to bypass the plugin or, you know, stick it on zero latency mode. And for Gary as well, in lo- if we're in Logic, we've chosen Logic, haven't we? Uh, you need to remember to bypass the Sonoworks every time you bounce your mix, so that's annoying as well. You don't have to think about that with the Trinov. Yep. It's just always on. Yep. Uh, on my desk here, I've got, externals so i've got like um a separate interface for say youtube i could have like the max built-in output but all of that's going through the trinov it's all calibrated so it has multiple inputs or yeah it basically comes out of the uh, my xmon here in the studio and it's the last thing before the speakers so basically um whatever stereo source you select um it will be going through the trinov and corrected Whereas you couldn't do that with Sonoworks. It would only be, say, logic that was calibrated. So, so guys, just, just so, so you understand my... Because uh, I've done this a few times now, is that you've, you, it, it's the same thing. It's the same um, philosophy, is that you just stand back a minute and go, none of us, even if we've spent thousands on acousticians, or, there's always problems with rooms. All right, and and nowadays most of us are recording 
and sitting and and making, writing, producing, mixing, whatever in rooms which aren't designed to have sound in them, right? And and so every move you're making all day long could be wrong because you're not hearing it unless you've got an amazing set of headphones that you're really used to. Whatever's coming through your speakers is probably wrong. It's probably not sounding the way it's going to sound. So I've just... We've we've just got this system in, and of course it sounds terrific, uh, the best we've ever heard. And it's like, yes, it's expensive, but we fill these rooms with thousands of pounds worth of stuff, and we buy thousands of pounds worth of software. Yes, this is thousands of pounds. It's just the best money we've ever spent, at, at, and we will not be going back from this point. Um, and anyone I speak to is just like... You know, it's the ma- it's the main thing other than your laptop. It's the main thing in your studio. It's it's just I just it, it's a philosophy that I just don't understand. If you go, oh no, I don't want that. Why would I need that? It's just crazy to me. Okay, so Will, do you want to do us a rundown of the final studio items before we talk about luxury? I will indeed. Okay, and set the scene. We're in. Malibu, in a a recreation of the big room from real world, with windows overlooking the Pacific. Your computer is a Mac Pro, fully spec'd. Your DAW is Logic Pro. Your audio interface is a Universal Audio Apollo, although we never spoke about which one you want. Do you want a big rack mount one? Is that the idea? With us, it's always the biggest. Always. (laughs) X8P, okay. If you're monitoring, you're listening back on Focal SM9s. You're playing in all of your uh, insane patches from the 1980s with your Yamaha DX7. You're recording your voice with a Neumann U67 through a Retro Instruments 176. And then you're fixing any issues you have with Isotope RX7 and using the Trinov ST2 Pro system to make sure that everything is as it is meant to be in the room. How does that sound? Sounds delicious to me, that does. Really does, yeah. So, as you know, we then go on to the final thing, which is the luxury item. Now, because it's the Christmas special, we thought it'd be fun for you to give gift each other a luxury item. So, essentially, we get two luxury items, but Gary, you have to gift Ryan. Ryan, you gift Gary. So, this is a non not a piece of kit for the studio. This is just something that you like to have in the studio that isn't gear-related, but you can gift each other for mm. Christmas. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll give you that beautiful piano that's behind you there. Not allowed. Not allowed. Not allowed. Well, you, I mean, you can you can have you can have that. It's kind of gear related, to be fair, oh, isn't it? But, I feel like we're, you know. Tell us about yeah, the piano, though. What what is it? It's a Yamaha S six. We we did a little shootout um, several years ago, and uh, this was the best all rounder we found for what we do. It's it's great. I mean, it, it kind of. I'm gonna because it's Christmas. We'll we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Well, You're going to allow it? Okay, fine. Well, let's have, um, Ryan, from you, um, uh, gifting Gary a luxury item. It's not allowed to be studio-related. We do have to have a non-studio-related mm. item. An item. What do you get Gary Barlow for Christmas? <laughs> um, a swimming pool outside? or Oh, that's a nice one. That's oh, nice, wow. yeah. Especially, yeah, that's, okay. that's allowed, yeah. So this is outdoor, outside, yeah. looking at the Pacific, just outside our real-world studio. With an infinity pool. Oh, that's it. Maybe at where the lake would be at real-world, that would be like your infinity pool. That's it. 
That would be the infinity pool. Gary, yeah. that does make your present sound a bit shit now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be happy on that piano. Yeah, but I was going to say, our piano could probably earn us a swimming pool at some point. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair enough. Okay, well, that sort of brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, thanks so much for talking gear with us. Um, so the album's out now, doing really well. Are you pleased with the response so far? Yeah, we're uh, really pleased, really pleased. Um you know, as we as we advance through the decades and get older, <laughs> there's always that thought. You know, when that first couple of days sales come in, where it's like, is this the is this it? Is this the <laughs> decline? Um, we've been we've had a lovely lovely response to this. Um, we've actually, you know what? For the, I'll mention it just because we get so. I mean, through the years, I I always am reviewed awfully for my records, um, but we've actually had some pretty nice reviews. Um, I don't know whether it's the uh, the current climate that's softening our uh, uh, <laughs> our poison pen writers, but um, yeah, we've actually had some very nice reviews. So um, reviews don't matter until they're good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice policy. That is yeah, a nice yeah, policy. Yeah. And what does twenty 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 one hold for you? You know, and or post pandemic, like what 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 what's going to be going on next year for you in an ideal world, in a fixed world, hopefully. Do you know we're we're um we're extremely busy, um constantly busy. We've got two films on the go at the moment, two TV series, possibly a new record next year. Lots of live. I mean, we never. It's amazing, really, because we don't really work with anyone else. So it's just doing my stuff, which includes take that in our studio. And there's you know there's three of us in there, and it keeps us all just busy all year round so yeah and will the taking this will taking this album on tour be a huge task you're gonna be taking that kind of level of musicians that you recorded probably 30 we could probably wow. be able to, yeah it de- i mean it's gonna depend on restrictions because like for instance if i mm. went out next month you know to, to tour 30 i'd need about seven tour buses to keep everybody mm. separate so mm. we can't really be in a covid time to to do that we'd have to be in a in a nor you know we'd have to have a bit of normality yeah. in in the world but but you know obviously you know musicians are musicians haven't worked for a, for a year now and so by the time next year comes i'll be wanting to fill the stage with musicians yeah. just to support the industry you know of course yeah well fingers crossed for that and let, let's end on a positive note Merry Christmas, and thank you for so yeah. much for coming on the podcast, guys. Really, really appreciate yeah, it. Great. Have a wonderful Christmas. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Gary Barlow and Ryan Carline for coming on our Christmas special. Some excellent picks there. Absolutely. That Trinoff thing, that was... Yeah. Mic drop yeah. time. <laughs> the nerdiest mic drop of all time, and totally, totally here for it. Uh, if you're a fan of the My Forever Studio podcast, make sure you subscribe using your favourite podcasting app and maybe even give us a sumptuous five-star rating. Yes, please do it. Next time on the show, we're looking forward to being joined by electronic mega-talent Tycho. Yes, and he has an incredible studio full of synths already in real-world land, so he's going to have to choose very wisely. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge for him for sure. Indeed. Anyway, thanks for listening and catch you next time for more adventures into Studio Foreverdom. Bye-bye.